Well, praise the Lord. It's Apostle. We're welcoming you to another Man Talk for Men as we get into the Word again today and talk about some things that's going to help us as men. Uh, we're glad that you're joining us again today, and I pray that these sessions that we've been teaching, especially as we're into the part of being a better man and the marriage covenant, that you have been being blessed by the Word of God that God has been giving us. And so today, we're going to get back into the Word, and we're going to see some more things that God has to say to us as men in our roles in the marriage relationship. And I want you to understand, my brothers, that what I am sharing with you is God's best. This is what God's plan is for us as men. If we follow his plan and we obey his word and his teaching and yield ourselves to it, then we're going to have the best results that we could possibly have in a marriage. God will honor a man who is faithful to him. The Bible says a faithful man who can find. That's just like a virtuous woman whose price is far above rubies. We need to understand that God loves us as men. He's put us in a position of authority and power, and he's given us a responsibility that is commensurate with the authority and the power and the ability that he has placed within each of us as men so that we can fulfill our destiny in God. And I want you to know, brothers, as we share the word of God again today concerning the marriage covenant, that all of these things that God tells us in the word, all of these prescriptions that he gives us, they are possible for us to walk in. And all you've got to do is walk in it. And if you walk in it and yield to it, you'll have the results because God will be on your side. He'll be fighting the battles with you and making sure that you overcome in every area of your life. So let's get back into the word. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, and starting off there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. We've been talking about submission, and uh, we're going to get into the word again today and see what the Lord has to say to us and I am excited because I know God has something for you and I that is going to be very powerful. In verse 22, the board says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that he should be holy and without blemish, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. We have a tremendous session of scriptures here 
that God is speaking to us concerning marriage. And I'm telling you, if we would follow this prescription, we're talking about the men and the women, then there would not be a divorce rate like there is. 50% of marriages end in divorce, first marriages. 75% of second marriages end in entering into divorce. I'm telling you, the, 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 the scripture gives us the prescription of how to do this. But you've got to do it God's way. Remember this one thing. God created man and he created woman. He created us and he knows what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to operate. Therefore, we as men and women of God need to obey the one who created us because he knows the best way for us to work. And so today we're going to see exactly what he's talking about. Let's take a look and we're going to start here in verse 22 and we're going to just, just launch off into what the Lord has to say to us. It says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as on, unto the Lord. Now, we understand that that own husbands means your own husbands. And this word is talking about wives to their own husbands that they must submit themselves. You are to submit yourself as a wife to your own husband. That is not saying women submit yourselves to men. It is saying wives submit yourself to your own husbands. We, we shared with you last week that when we're talking about the marriage, we're talking about a relationship between a husband and a wife, not between men and women. This is a husband and a wife, a specific man with a specific woman in a specific relationship. And that is where the submission comes in and it is coming in the submission of the marriage covenant. We need to understand that there are two relationships in a marriage covenant. Two. Number one, the first relationship is the relationship between the man and the woman and God. That's the first relationship because if their relationships with God isn't right, then the second relationship is going to suffer tremendously because the second relationship is the relationship between the man and his wife. But if the husband and the wife's relationship is not undergirded by their relationship with God, they're not going to be able to fulfill all the requirements that God has of them as a husband and a wife. So we need to understand that as we get into this so that you can see what God has for us today and how he is going to break down the relationship between husband and wife. All right, now let's look at this. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Now the Bible says the husband is the head of the wife. He's the head of the wife. That word head there is the word that means, it means the head or the top, or it means in a relationship, the uppermost part in a relationship. This word uh, where it talks about the head, it really talks about the, the chief of a relationship. When we're talking about head, and, and, and let's, let's get this straight. 
when we're talking about the head here, we're not talking about a head like the head on a on a on your head, on your body. We're talking about head as far as a position in the relationship, in the top position of the relationship. In a marriage relationship, it's actually talking about the ranking of the relationship. In a marriage, there is the husband that's on the top, then under him is the wife, and then under her are the children. That's how the relationship works in that line of authority and submission. And therefore, we need to understand that with each role of authority, there are certain responsibilities. Now, because a marriage relationship is a relationship in the natural between a husband and a wife, they have to have different roles because they're different people. You see, they can't be the same role because the only way that it could be the same role is if they were, they were married to themselves and there was just one person. But that's not how marriage works. A marriage brings two individuals, a man and a woman, together, and they have different roles and responsibilities. We shared with you uh, previously in, in previous messages how the man and the women, are, a woman, are different, a husband and a wife, because the, the husband is a male and the, the wife is a female. And that right there, there are differences, physical differences, emotional differences. And then there are also differences in their roles, in the relationship. So when we're talking about marriage, we're talking about a relationship or an agreement between a man and a woman that they're going to live together, produce children, raise that family together and honor God through that relationship. So when we talk about it that way, then you understand that the man is no more important than the woman is because the relationship does not exist unless both of them are completely synchronized in it. So a man can't have a marriage if there's no wife. And a wife can't have a marriage if there's no husband. So the relationship doesn't exist without both of them. And it has to be the totality of both of them. So both of them are equally as important in the relationship. Where we're talking about head and we're talking about authority, we're talking about roles in the relationship that each person has been cut out for by God to function to make the relationship work perfectly. That's all it is. It's not a, 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 when we're talking about authority and submission uh, in the marriage relationship, we're not talking about one is better than the other or one is less than the other. We're just talking about in their role, their role has to function to undergird and to support the role of the other one. And in, in so doing, they then make that whole relationship solid and stable and sound. So when we're talking about the head, the husband is the head of the wife. It's not talking about he's her boss and that he dominates her and he controls her and, and she can't think and he's the only one that can make decisions. It's not talking about that kind of head. He's talking about the head of a relationship or the one that is in the top role in the relationship because of his responsibility. We're going to get to that.
because you need to understand after you find out the responsibility of being the head, maybe you don't want to be called the head, but I'm telling you, that's the position you've been placed in as, as a man and God has placed you there because he has created you to be able to fulfill that function and to fulfill that role. So the husband is the head or the top of the relationship. He is the head of the wife. Now look at what the word says here so that you can understand this. It says, for the husband is the head or the, the top of the relationship, the one who has the, the higher ranking as far as the relation, the marriage is concerned, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Now, God is talking about, he makes a comparison. And he says the husband is, is at the top rank of the role in the relationship of the marriage, just like Jesus is the top ranking one in the role of the church or the body of Christ. So now, listen to this, husbands. If, in fact, you're the head and you're the authority and you're the leader, then your leadership and your authority, according to what the scripture has just said, is likened unto the position that Jesus has with the church. So, in fact, husbands, if you want your wife to submit to you as the head of the marriage, now let's talk about that for a minute, the head of the marriage. You are head of the marriage relationship. You are not head of your wife's relationship with God. Remember I told you there are two relationships in, in a marriage. There's a relationship between each individual and God first, and then there's a relationship between the two individuals with each other for the marriage. So the husband's role as the head in the marriage has nothing to do with the first relationship, which is the, the wife's role and the husband's role in their relationship to God. And, and, and what has happened is men have tried to morph over from the marriage role headship and go into God's role of headship so that he could control her spiritual life as well as her married life. And that's not going to work because you don't have that kind of authority. But the Lord does something very powerful here because when you start looking at that, when the scripture told us in verse uh, 22 that the wife has to submit herself to her own husband just like she submits herself to the Lord. In other words, her submission to the Lord, when she is, is, is serving God, she is giving her life to God, her spiritual life, her total being, and she is obeying the Lord. He is her Lord. Now, in a marriage, the Bible says she has to submit herself to her own husbands just like she submits herself to the Lord, which means in the marriage relationship, she yields to her husband, she submits her to her husband, she supports her husband, because that's the role that God has given her. Now, notice this, though. If the husband wants the submission of the wife, get what I'm saying now. I'm going to take my time with this. If we as husbands want our wives to submit to us and to yield up under our authority, the way that she yields under the authority of Christ, 
then we're going to have to be the head of the marriage like Christ is the head of the church. Did you just get what I said? So, so, so you can't expect your wife to submit to you in the marriage as the head of that marriage if you're not being a head of the marriage the same way that Jesus is being the head of the church. You got to get that. You got to get that. And we're going to find out what that means in a moment when we start talking about being the head. So you're the leader. You're the provider. You're the protector. That's what you and I are supposed to be doing as husbands. We are to lead and to guide and to protect our wives and our children and our families in the marriage relationship. Remember now, the marriage relationship has nothing to do with the spiritual relationship with God. It has everything to do with the marriage relationship. And that's where your authority ends in the marriage. You cannot usurp God's place in her life as far as her God is concerned. And a whole lot of men have stepped over into that and tried to take God's authority over her life. And, and where you do that, you've messed up. It's enough trying to be the head to her in a marriage like Jesus is the head to her in her life. And this is what you and I have to understand. Yes, you're in a role of authority. You are the provider. So if you're going to be the head husband, then you should be the one providing for your family. If you're going to be the head husband, you should be the one protecting your family. If you're going to be the head husband, you should be the one in the marriage that's, that's being a spiritual covering and, a, and, a, and a, a, st a standard of righteousness and truth and, and power and peace in your family. You should not be allowing and throwing all of that responsibility over onto your wife because her role is not to be the head of the family. That's your role. And if you want her submission, then you've got to give her provision. If you want her submission, you've got to give her protection. If you want her submission, you've got to show her some authority and some power in your relationship. And this is where men are falling short. We want the submission without giving the protection and the, the authority and the, the, the provision and the power, the revelation of truth. This is what has to happen if you're going to be the head of the family. And you've got to be the head to the same degree that Jesus is being the head to the church. So if you want her submission to you as the head, you better be doing in that marriage what Jesus is doing in the church. And if not, you're going to have problems because she's not going to submit. And I don't blame her, and God's not going to hold her accountable. Watch this now. Look at this. For the husband is the head of the wife, and that's in the marriage relationship, even as Christ is the head of the church, then it says, and he, talking about Christ, he's the savior of the body. Oh, 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 back up. It says that Jesus is the savior of the body, the deliverer, the protector, the provider. Come on, somebody. He's the releaser of the, he releases the body of Christ 
from the powers of darkness. He's the savior of the body because he's the head of the church. So because he's the head, one of his roles as the head is to protect the church, provide for the church, and deliver the church from the attacks of the enemy who is Satan. Come on and listen to what I'm saying. That's the authority that, that Jesus exercises as the head of the church. Now, in a marriage, since you've got to be the head in that marriage, like Jesus is the head of the church, then everything that comes against the marriage, you're supposed to be the savior of. Come on and listen to what I'm saying. So then that means in the marriage, since you're the provider, you should be the one that saves that marriage and that household from poverty. Come on, listen to what I'm saying. If you're the provider, then you should be the savior or the one that makes sure that that marriage walks in the power of the health of God and the healing of God and the provision of God. Because that's your role. Jesus was the savior of the body. He delivered the body from the powers of darkness and translated them into the kingdom of his dear son. Well, then as a head in the, in the marriage, you've got to deliver your wife and your children from the powers of darkness so that all of the things that the devil does to try to affect your marriage and your family, you, you have the authority over your marriage like Jesus has over the church to provide for and to be the savior of the, of the marriage just like Jesus is the savior of the church. So that means then that if you're going to walk in that kind of authority and then be able to be the victor and the overcomer against the devil, against everything that comes against the marriage relationship, the family relationship, then you're going to have to be submitted to God. And you're going to have to get your authority from God. And if you're not going to get your authority from God, that's why I said the first relationship as a man is your relationship with God. And you've got to get it right with God because God is putting you in a marital relationship. And then he's putting you in a position of authority in the marriage over his daughter. And he's expecting his daughter and, and, and the children to be taken care of, to be protected, to be provided for, and to have a place of stability and stableness in the house. And if you don't do that as a man, then you're not worthy to be a head and you're not worthy to be a husband because if you're not doing that as the husband, then you're not really a husband. You're just a man shacking up in a house with a woman. And it doesn't matter that you got a marriage certificate. It doesn't matter that you got a ring. If you're not doing the job, then you're shacking up. Listen to what I'm saying. And that's not what God has approved. You have got to be a spiritual force in your house. You have to understand that. Your wife and your children need to know that you can get in touch with God. They need to know that, that God speaks to you. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that. But I'm just sharing with you right now. So the, the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. So he put that caveat on there on the end. And he's the savior of the body as well. So that means you got to be the savior of the marriage. Ah, my, that's some pressure, isn't it now? That's some pressure now. Yes, there is some pressure. Let's go on and see what the word says. Oh, my goodness, my goodness. Look at this. Verse 24, therefore, as the church is subject 
under Christ or, or in submission to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, look, look at this now. In everything. Now, this everything, the wives are to be to their own husbands. So now we're talking about husbands and wives and in everything. Now, that word everything, it means, watch this. This is very interesting. It is the idea of oneness and the totality of the, or the whole. It is the same as the whole. This word everything means all kinds of every kind and sort, including every possible variety. So in every kind, sort, and every possible variety of things that has to do with the marriage, the wife must be to her own husband. Wives, to subject yourselves to your own husbands in everything. I mean, any and every and all things, all sorts, all kinds, all types of variations of circumstances and situations that the marriage has to deal with, then you need to be in subjection or under the authority of your husband's role so that you can help him fulfill his role as your provider and protector. And then he can fulfill, help you fulfill your role as the keeper of the home and, 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 and keep the heart of the husband safely protected. See, that's the wife's, one of the wife's major roles and responsibilities is to protect the heart of her husband. So we understand now that the wife is required by God in the marriage to submit herself to her own husband in everything that concerns the marriage. So if it concerns the marriage, then she needs to yield to the authority of her husband. Now, I know right there, that's a whole lot of cussing to women. Because what do you mean? I got to submit to him and everything in the marriage. Because see, what, when we're talking about the marriage, we're talking about the money, how the money is spent. Come on, somebody. The children, how the children are going to be raised. Uh, we're talking about what kind of house we're going to buy, what kind of cars we're going to get, what kind of clothes we're going to have, what kind of friends we're going to have. See, all you mean to tell me I got to yield to him and submit to him in everything? That's what the word says. God didn't bite his tongue. He said in everything. But God did not say everything without the husband fulfilling the role to receive that submission of everything. Remember now, look at what it says so you can see this. This is interesting. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be subject, come on, to their own husbands in everything. The church's subjection to Christ gives the wife the example of her subjection to her husband. Because if you notice, the church is subject to Christ in everything. Jesus has authority over every area of our lives, everything. There's nothing that we do on our own. Nothing about, no, we, we must be in agreement with Jesus. 
in everything that we do as the church. The same thing in a marriage. The husband is the head of that marriage. And he has to make sure that he is covering that marriage like Jesus covers the church. Now, here's the issue. This is an issue that is, that is powerful. If the wife has to be subject to the husband in everything concerning the marriage, then the husband has to be to the marriage everything that Jesus is to the church. Did y'all get that? To the, now watch this. To the degree that the husband is being the provider, the protector, the savior of the marriage, the leader of the marriage, to the degree that the husband walks in that determines the degree of submission that the wife can give him. You see, God did not intend and he did not mean that if the husband is not obeying God and doing what he's supposed to do and living right in the marriage, God is not telling that woman she's got to submit to that. And she doesn't. And she would be crazy if she did. Because if he's going to live like the devil and follow the devil, and because you're married to him, you're going to, re you're going to shirk your first responsibility to God to follow the second responsibility, your husband, and you're going to leave God for a man that's serving the devil and won't serve God, God's not requiring you to submit to that, and you don't have to submit to that, and you shouldn't submit to that, because if you do, then you're denying God. Now you're dealing with your own eternity. Don't walk away from God for any man. No man is that fine. No man is that handsome. No man is that good that he takes the place of God. You got to understand that. And even in the marriage, God did, he's not taking the place of God in the marriage. He's just in that marriage covenant. He has authority over the marriage, but he doesn't have total authority over her life, over your life, women. You need to understand that. And brother, you need to understand that too. You don't get to control the wife. You don't dictate to her and tell her when she can go to church and when she can pray and when she can study and, and who, 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 who she can, how she, how she serves God. You don't have any authority over that. None whatsoever. Absolutely zero. You got to spend your time making sure you're right with God. And if you don't do that, then don't expect submission from your wife because God's not requiring her to submit to you if you're not submitted to him. Y'all getting that? I hope you're getting that because this is, see, this is where marriages are messed up. All right, now, now, now go to, now notice what it says here. Verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just like Christ loved the church, oh boy, and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives just like Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. So the word love there is the word agapeo, 
Now, this word love is interesting because the word love, and I want you to look at that word love. That word love, it means to esteem your wife. It means that you direct your will in finding your joy in your wife. I, oh, my goodness. Listen, listen. You esteem your wife and you direct your will to finding your joy in your wife. This word love means to have a strong affection for her. So that means you're affectionate to your wife. This means to, to regard her with favor and goodwill and benevolence. In other words, it means this love treats her right. It, it favors her. It gives her the benefit of the doubt, and it gives her goodwill, and it, it, it blesses her with benevolence or good things. This word love is God's willful direction toward man. And he does, this love makes you do what's best for man, not necessarily what man desires. That's the same love that the husband has to, to give to his wife. He has to love her and treat her well and give her what's best for her because sometimes she may not desire what's best for her, but you've got to be strong enough and love her enough to give her what's best for her, even if she doesn't understand what you're doing. This word, love, is a self-sacrificial love. And it impels the one who is doing the loving to give themselves in self-sacrifice for the well-being of the one who is loved. Now, now okay, husband, that's what God requires you to do. You gotta love your wife like that. The first thing is that you've got to you've got to direct your will to love her that way. That means you gotta make a decision. I want to love her like this. I want to be benevolent to her. I want to give her favor. I want to be kind to her. I want to be a benefit to her. I want to, 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 to see her, and in, and in order to, for me to give her what she needs, I've got to study her and learn her and understand what makes her tick and understand what upsets her and what doesn't upset her. Come on now, we're talking about love. See, love studies the, the one that they love. The love gets to know the one that they love. See, how are you going to know your wife and you don't talk to her? How are you going to love your wife and y'all don't talk and you don't, you don't open up to her and you don't tell her how you feel and you don't find out how she feels? See, when you walk around with secrets, then there the love is hindered. The love is hindered. And so husbands, you've got to love your wife to the point where you're opening up yourself. The Bible says it's a self-sacrificial kind of love where you open yourself up so that you can give her everything that she needs. You have to give her everything that she needs. See, this is the kind of love that God wants you to, to have for her. It is that kind of love where you make the decision that whatever it is you need, honey, I am going to provide it for you. 
Now, we understand, and you got to understand, brother, you can't treat her like that unless you've got an undergirded relationship with God where you love God like that and God loves you like that and you're obeying God. Because, see, when you're obeying God, listen, oh, let me, let me help you out on something here. Okay, so if you're the husband and you're supposed to be a favor benefiting your wife and, 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 and doing things for her, giving her what she needs, helping her, ministering to her, blessing her, taking care of her, then watch this now and being self-sacrificing for her. In other words, you're taking care of her needs before you take care of your own needs. You see, if you do that, you can't do that unless you have that love coming through you from God. It's impossible. You can't do that. You ain't going to love nobody like that because we all have selfishness in us. It's called the flesh. And so that's why you have to make a, de a decision of your will and you have to direct your will that you're going to love like that, which means you're going to submit to God and submit to God's love. So then God can allow his love to flow through you. Then you can allow his love to flow through you to her. That's why you can sacrifice and give of yourself because God has given you that authority because he's given you his love. You can't do it with your love. You can only do it with his love. And if you don't yield yourself to God, you can't open up. See, the problem with us as men, many men don't want to open up because we have gone through in our rearing, especially if you're African-American in the United States of America. We were brought up here 400 years ago through slavery. Our families were taken from us. Our finances, our income, our manhood, our masculinity, our humanity was taken from us. Our wives and children were taken from us. Our lives were taken. And through all of those years, even up until now, we still are suffering from racial discrimination as an African-American. And you need to understand, so, so many of our men are brought up insecure. They don't, they, they, in order to, but in order to try to combat that insecurity because of societal pressures that have come upon us that, that want to hinder us from being successful, it's not saying that you can't be successful, but it just makes it much more difficult as an African-American in this country to be as successful as your white counterparts. Not nothing against them. It's just the fact that's how it is. And, and until that, and that's not going to ever change. See, that's the problem. It's not going to change as long as people have a sin nature. There's going to always be racism. There's going to always be hatred toward people of color. We're not going to get everybody to love us. And so what you need to do and what I need to do is first get in contact with God so that I can find out that God loves me and then God can take care of me and bless me and provide for me even if those that are around me hate me and want to discriminate against me. But because of the power of God that's in my life, it blocks whatever they try to do to stop me. See, that's where you've got to get. You can't get your satisfaction from trying to force them to treat you right because some folks ain't going to treat you right ever. They may smile at you, but they talk about you at their dinner table. Somebody, you, you can be working with them and working in their company, but at, the, at their dinner table at home that you're not allowed to come to, you're the, uh, the topic of the conversation, and it's not a, a pleasant thing. So you need to understand, don't deceive yourself. 
listen to what I'm saying. I'm telling you the truth. And you know that. You know I'm telling you the truth. Everybody's not like that. I'm not talking about all white people are like that because there are multiple, multiple millions of white people that, that are not prejudiced. You've got African-Americans that are prejudiced against African-Americans. So then how in the world are they going to talk about somebody else in another ethnic uh, group and, and talk about them being uh, ethnically biased against you when you are ethnically, you're, 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 you're melanistically biased against your own brothers and sisters because you are a darker-skinned black person and you're prejudiced against a lighter-skinned black person because of the color of their skin, because of the, 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 the melanin pigment in their body is a little lighter than yours. So then you're going to hate them because of that, calling them high yellow. Come on, y'all. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Or you lighter skin hating the darker skin, calling them black, blacky. See, you got to understand, this thing isn't just a cultural thing. This is a human thing where people hate each other because of the color of their skin. But in America, you as an African-American got to deal with that. So the only way that you can deal with that is you've got to get your authority from God. Then and only then can you open up to your wife because as, a, as an African-American, we've got to be strong. We've got to be hard. We can't let nothing get to us. You know, we raise our sons up. If he falls down while he's a little boy and he cuts his knee and he starts crying, and we pick him up and say, get up, man, brush yourself out. Big boys don't cry. See, that's the problem. God gave us tears to release emotions. And what happens when you cry and you release emotions, then you release stress. But when you hold it in, then you walk around living a life of stress. That's why so many black men got high blood pressure and are living up under so much pressure that they, they're stressed out. Why? Because they are afraid to open up and they don't ever want to release their feelings. They're husbands. They're fathers right now that won't hug their sons. They won't kiss their sons. They won't tell their sons they love them because they're afraid to open up to that boy all the way. And when that happens, then somebody else will take your son. And, and open up. And sometimes it's another man and he's opening up to your son in the wrong kind of way, in a sexual way. You need to understand what I'm saying. So now we get, let's get back to, oh, I, oh, I, I want to get back to what we're talking about. So in order for you to love your wife, you can't be insecure. You've got to be secure in your love with God so that you can open up with her and then you can minister to her and you can find out what's going on in her life so that you can be a blessing and a benefit to her and you can give her the things that she needs. As a husband, you need to be taking care of your wife and her needs. You shouldn't be walking around in a, you know, a $700 suit and she's got seven-year-old jogging suit that all of the little lint balls is all over it now, walking around, and you all sharp, and she's looking like Giddy Moyaki. No, that's not what God intend. You need to, your wife needs to be blessed. We're going to see that in a minute from what God says. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. And he loved the church so much, he gave himself up for it. You know what he did? He died for the church. Yeah, he actually died for the church. He actually suffered punishment for the church. Are you willing 
to give up your f- fun for your wife? Huh? Or are you going to every Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, you going out and playing basketball with your friends, and you're 45 years old now, and your wife is stuck at home with the children, and you haven't taken her out to dinner in 20 years, but you hang out with your boys three times a week. Does that sound like loving your wife like Christ loved the church? Is Jesus hanging out with somebody more than he wants to hang out with you? He's always available. It's us that don't want to hang out with him. We're the ones that want to go and run around with the worldly people. This is what's happening to us in our marriages. Husbands, you have a responsibility to love your wife so much that you give yourself for her. Come on, let's get back into this. Oh, my goodness. I'm trying to, I'm trying to say something here. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave. That word gave means, it comes from two words. It's the, it's the word paradidomai paradidomai, and it means, it comes from the word para, meaning to the side of or over to, and didomai, which means to give. That means you deliver yourself up over to the side of or over to something. It means that you deliver yourself up over to something, or you suffer something to help someone that you're in a relationship with. Are you seeing there? It means to deliver yourself over to the charge and the care or the kindness of someone. Now, this is where I want you to see this. And, and it, the charge or the care, the kindness of someone, it means, it means to entrust yourself to the care of someone. The husband gives himself up and commits and entrusts himself to take care of his wife and his children. What is happening is this. The Bible said Christ loved the church so much. He put the church and the church's needs in a place where he had to sacrifice himself in order to meet those needs. As the husband in a marriage, you have to put the wife's needs and your children's needs first and foremost so that you can give yourself up to make sure that their needs are met. How, how often are we seeing that now? Because in many, many homes, especially in the African-American homes, the father's not even there, not even in the house. Never even married the mother. And so we got dads with children everywhere. How is he loving them? How is he taking care of them? We got athletes with 20 and 30 children all over the country, different mothers. I know I lived a life in in, in athletics, playing professional baseball, major league baseball. I understand the lifestyle of athletes and entertainers, the promiscuity that's there, the sexual freedom that's there. Husbands, living in one city and playing and going to another city and got girlfriends in every city that they go to play in. Wife is at home. 
with their children in school. That's not loving your wife like Christ loved the church. Jesus doesn't hang out with the devil to the neglect of you. Jesus never hangs out with the devil. He rebukes the devil. He died and broke the power of Satan over your life so that he has no power over you now. Hear what I'm saying, my brothers. We have got to stand up and be real men of God. And being the head is one who means that he is going to sacrifice his life for the provisions of his family. You're not going to put your wife out there and make her the breadwinner of your house. If you can't take care of your wife, then don't get married right then. If you can't afford to take care of her, then don't get married. And women, if you can't be taken care of by a man, why would you marry him? Oh, he's so fine. He's so fine. Fine going to wear out in two weeks after the marriage. Oh, it's going to wear out after y'all honeymoon and y'all had your sex. And many times folks, is, they already know each other. That, that's just old school by the time they get married. So your marriage has to be based off of something other than physical attraction. It has to be based off of the love of God and the value that you have to the person in who you're loving. And this is the problem with many people. We're shirking our responsibility. And the reason why is because we first, see, the, every marriage problem goes back to this. The husband and the wife or the husband or the wife's lack of that true relationship with God. Because that's what undergirds everything else in a marriage. And if God isn't at the source of your being, then how, if you can't be faithful to God, then how can you be, and he's the creator and the possessor of heaven and earth with all power. And if you can't be faithful and, 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 and be committed to him and submit to him, then how are you going to be committed to a person who has flaws? God's perfect. If anybody can be loved, it's, it's, it's going to be God. Well, then how you, if you can't love a perfect God, then how are you going to love an imperfect wife? And that's not saying that your wife is bad, but we're all, you're imperfect as a man. She's imperfect as a woman. So you, the only way that you can handle that is you've got to have a right relationship with God. And I want you to understand this. I'm about to close today with this, and then we'll pick up on the next few verses uh, next time. And that is this. Husbands, if you want the submission from your wife, then you provide her with the sacrifice of your life. Wow. Yeah, think about that. For her submission, the price of her submission to you is your sacrifice first to God and then to her. I pray that this word has been a blessing to you today. And I know it's been a powerful word and it's been a word that'll make you think. But you need to understand something. This is God's covenant. It is the marriage covenant between a husband and a wife. And I know wives, 
You're saying right now, how can I submit and do all this submission? How can I submit to a man like I submit to Jesus? Jesus and God are not requiring you to submit to a man like you submit to Jesus unless that man is submitted to Jesus. See, what God's plan was, and then I'll, I'll finish with this, is this. God wanted the man to serve him and to be in right relationship with him so that the man was being obedient to God and pleasing God. Then the wife would be able to submit to her husband the way God says submit. Why? Because she's submitting to someone that submitted to God. So in essence, when she's submitting to her husband, she's really submitting to God because her husband is obeying God. And so her husband is doing what God wants him to do. So when she submits to her husband, then she's submitting to someone that is in union and in agreement with God. So she's actually submitting to God. That's what God wants. Now, where the line breaks and all of the responsibilities are shot is when the husband is not submitting to God. Or if the wife's not submitting to God, then how is the husband going to give himself for a wife that won't let the perfect God's life bring her back from serving the devil? We'll get into that next week because I don't want to put it all on the men because there are some dirty, dirty women out there that have lived lives in the Bible. And then we're going to talk about later on in this series, after we finish with the marriage covenant, we're going to be talking about the strange woman and God's warning to men about getting cooked up with a strange woman, especially if you marry one. Then you're going to understand what torment and torture is all about. The Bible teaches us, as we, as we close today, husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Then she can submit herself to you like she submits herself to Christ. God bless you. We'll talk to you next week in Jesus' name. And remember these words that Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing, absolutely nothing, shall by any means hurt you. God bless you. We'll talk to you again next week as we continue with Man Talk for Men. <laughs>